What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing on this wonderful Friday? I hope all is well on your side of the galaxy. Got some exciting news out here on the Outer Rim, but first we gotta talk some Kenobi because there was a part in the trailer that had me like, wow. Spoiler alert, if you didn't go and watch the new trailer yesterday, I'm sorry, I told you I would be talking about it today. So skip ahead like 10, 20 seconds so it don't mess it up for you. But there was a part where Owen and Obi-Wan are talking. Obi-Wan says that Luke needs to be trained. Then Owen says like you trained his father. Then the camera zooms into Obi-Wan's face and you see the pain that he is suffering, the conflict that's going on in his heart. And I think that is a reveal to how the series will go. It will be driven by just that. Obi-Wan's internal struggle to deal with his failings. And since we are on the topic of Obi-Wan, Star Wars just announced a weekly reveal when it launches Obi-Wan Wednesdays, a new reveal program of products inspired by Obi-Wan Kenobi. In the limited event series premiering on May 27th on Disney+, Plus, Jedi Master Obi-Wan and former apprentice turned Sith Lord Darth Vader return to a galaxy far, far away, a decade after the events of Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Beginning Wednesday, May 25th and running through June 29th, Disney will highlight items revealed in the show, including toys and action figures, apparel, accessories, books, and comics. So starting the day that Kenobi was originally set to be released, Disney will be dropping a bunch of Kenobi merch. So get your credit cards ready, it's gonna be an expensive ride. And this all happens in less than a month. Okay, okay, enough with all that. We got a story to get to because when we left off yesterday, Sarah was on Ambria all alone regretting her decisions and Bane and the Huntress had just arrived on the planet. So let's see what's gonna happen now, but first we gotta drop the intro. <laughs> His long-term plans to wipe out the Jedi and rule the galaxy were in a constant state of flux. Reacting to unexpected and completely unforeseeable events that altered the social and political landscape. Each time this happened, Bane had to retreat and regroup until he was able to evaluate and properly react to the changes. But if the Huntress could learn to properly harness her power, the Sith would no longer be limited only to reacting. They could anticipate and predict these random changes preparing for them long before they happened. And there was an even greater possibility. Bane knew fate was not preordained. There were many possible futures, and the Force allowed her to see only examples of what might be. If she could learn to sort through her visions, separating out the various divergent timelines, was it possible she could actually control them too? Could she one day have the power to alter the future simply by thinking about it? Could she use the power of the Force to shape the very fabric of existence and make her chosen visions become reality? In the hangar you said you were waiting for me, Bane noted, anxious to get a better understanding of her talent. Your visions told you I was coming? Not exactly. I had a sense of something. I could feel the significance of the moment, though I didn't know what would happen. My instincts told me it would be to my benefit to wait. Bane nodded. Are your instincts ever wrong? Rarely. Is that why we're here on Ambria? Your visions, your instincts told you Kaleeb's daughter would come here? The princess met me here when she hired me to find you. The assassin replied. This place haunts her. 
I didn't need a vision to know this was where she would run. The Dark Lord smiled. She was smart as well as powerful. A few minutes later, the ship touched down on the edge of Kaleeb's camp, landing beside a small escape shuttle. Disembarking from the craft, Bane was reminded of the power trapped within Ambria's surface. The Force had once devastated this world before its power was trapped by an ancient Jedi Master in the depths of Lake Nath. Now the planet was a nexus of both dark and light side power. He noticed a freshly dug grave a few meters off to one side, but he didn't give it a second glance. The dead were of no consequence to him. With long, purposeful steps, he made his way across the camp toward the dilapidated shack. The Huntress followed at his side, matching him stride for stride. Before he reached his destination, however, the princess emerged from the hut to confront him. She was unarmed and alone, but unlike their last meeting in the prison cell, he didn't sense any fear in her this time. There was a sense of serenity about her, a tranquility that reminded Bane of his first meeting with her father. Bane's own mood had changed as well. He was no longer driven by an unquenchable desire for bloody vengeance. In the stone prison, he had needed to draw strength from his anger to survive and defeat his enemies. Here, however, he was in no danger. Afforded the luxury of careful consideration, he had realized that there was no need to kill her. Not if he could make use of her skills. They stood face to face, staring at each other, neither speaking. In the end, it was Sarah who broke the silence. Did you see the grave when you landed? I buried Lucia there last night. When Bane didn't respond, she slowly reached up and wiped a single tear away from her eye before continuing. She saved your life. Don't you even care that she's dead? The dead have no value to the living, he told her. She was your friend. Whatever she was is gone. Now she is nothing but decaying flesh and bone. She didn't deserve this. Her death was pointless. Your father's death was pointless, Bane said. He had a valuable skill. Twice he saved my life when no other could have healed me. Had it been my choice, I would have left him alive in case I ever needed his services a third time. He would have never helped you by choice, Sarah countered. There was no anger in her voice, though her words had the steely ring of truth. But he did help me, Bane reminded her. He was useful. I could have a use for you as well, if you share his talent. My father taught me everything he knew, she admitted. But like him, I will never help a monster like you. She turned to address the Iktochi standing silently by Bane's side. If you follow this man, he will destroy you, she warned. I've seen the rewards given to those who walk the path of the dark side. The dark side will give me power, the Huntress replied confidently. It will guide me to my destiny. Only a fool believes that, the princess replied. Look at me. I gave in to my hate. I let it consume me. My desire for revenge cost me everything and everyone I care about. The dark side will devour those who lack the power to control it. Bane agreed. It's a fierce storm of emotion that annihilates anything in its path. It lays waste to the weak and unworthy. But those who are strong, he added, can ride the storm winds to unfathomable heights. 
They can unlock their true potential. They can sever the chains that bind them. They can dominate the world around them. Only those with the power to control the dark side can ever truly be free. Okay, there was no action at all in this part of the story, but there was a driving sense that compelled you to listen to it. The interaction with Bane and Sarah was so meaningful. It showed you the constant conflict between light and dark. Bane explaining how the dark side would set you free and Sarah standing on the principles of the light. Sarah even tells the Huntress that Bane would destroy her, but the Huntress already knows her pull to the dark side. She defends her actions, but if you listen closely, she never defends Bane. She only talks about the dark side of the force giving her power and fulfilling her destiny. Bane doesn't want to kill Sarah because her father had taught her everything he knew. This gave her value something that he could use in the future. But Sarah tells him plainly she will never help him, and he could tell by her willpower that this statement was true. But will he kill her now that she has refused him? Or will he keep her alive and find a way to exploit her like he did her father? This is the question that this part left us asking, but we will have to wait until Monday to find out, because that's where this part came to an end. Quick reminder, join me and the Outrageous Crew of Lightsaber Radio every Wednesday and Saturday live on YouTube. Saturday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Times, where we talk about what's going on in the Star Wars galaxy. Okay, this episode is done. Join us next week to find out what happens next in this story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Keen Eye Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>